the last three mile stretch of road finishes on a big hill where I climb the top of the hill and I have this poetic and beautiful view of all of the Catskill Mountains. And it's this reward to come near the end of your run and see this spectacular, spectacular view every time. It's something, um, it's the top of the mountain type of feeling. Like it's a special perch on the universe from which to peer out upon. And it's one of these moments where you feel like the universe is actually winking at me. This exists, but if no one was here to observe and enjoy the beauty and poetry of the moment, it would go unnoticed. But I get to experience it, not in a car. I get to chug up the hill on my own steam, putting one foot in front of the other so I can have the universe giggle and wink right at me and go, you're alive, you're lucky, life is beautiful. No matter what is going on out there in the broader context of the world that's causing stress, look at the beauty I have created for you to enjoy and be a part of. The Art of Aging Mindfully. We train to master our own mind. Namaste, everybody. Welcome to the Art of Aging Mindfully podcast. I am your host, Jai Sugram, and today we're going to peer into my training logs for weeks seven, eight, and nine to look at some training data and heart rate. I'll discuss some heart rate data, some psychological adaptations to my training on the way to the Philadelphia Marathon. I'll also talk about the beauty that I'm experiencing and going forward, how I can adapt this strength into new challenges into my life. So uh, this show is dedicated to those of you that have been on the ride from the first, second, and now this is the third part of my documentation of a long, steady path. It's a 13-week journey. And the fourth installment will be uh, the tapering phase and an expression of what the race was actually like to complete, having jotted this 13-week training plan down. I have been eating an elephant a week at a time. So I hope you are well. I hope you are steady. I know things out there in the world are a bit turbulent. Uh, it's hard to plan far ahead with some of the chaos in the air. But we take it day by day here. We lean on our practice, we train, we meditate, we eat right, and we do our best to make small incremental gains that eventually add up through the arc of time. So slow and steady is the path, and that is the path of life when you are running a marathon. It's very uh, similar to a marathon. You're slow and steady, and the consistent ones are the ones who have an enriching experience and a rewarding experience. So I'm going to document October 2nd through 8th as the uh, 7th week, October 9th through 15th, the 8th week, and October 16th through the 22nd, which is the 9th week. So this is all one giant success. It's momentous. It is the hardest part of the training I feel like is behind me. I'm recording this on 
October 24th, which is two days into the 10th week. And this is actually my last 50-mile week I've scheduled. After this, I'm going to bring the mileage down to about 40 and then really low to the last week before or the, the days leading up to the race. I'm going to let everything heal so that I can benefit from the conditioning base I've created and have a good, uh, healthy mind that I can push that mind on the race day to 26.2 miles. So uh, October 2nd through 8th, I did 53 miles, okay? The next week, I did 50.1, and the third week in this batch, I did 50.3. So the giant success of this whole thing is that Six out of nine weeks will have been 50-mile weeks. That's radically, radically successful. So in total for my nine weeks, weeks three, weeks four, week six, week seven, week eight, and week nine have all been at least 50-mile weeks. So my base is built. My blood is My blood volume is really high. The capillarization is high. My body's really lean. I'm enjoying these runs and the runs before this this group of training, these three weeks of training, I have to say, were very painful. I I struggled. What's happening now is I'm beginning to run negative splits, which are the second half of my runs are faster than my first half. It's like the first half is almost like a warm-up. And this is a sign that you are heading in the right direction. So Let's start off with October 2nd in the training log. It's a Monday. You'll see a rhythm and a tempo here that is realistic for me to do uh, given my work week. Um, Mondays are a six-mile run. Tuesdays are 10. I did 10. Wednesday, I came back with six. Thursday, I came back with 10. And Wednesday, uh, Friday, I came back with six. So it's 6, 10, 6, 10, 6 off on saturday and then i did the mother load on sunday which is 15.2 miles i ran the rhinebeck half marathon which was a tremendous success it was a beautiful race i'll describe more of that in a moment and then i tagged two miles on to the end once i crossed the finish line this is my longest run of the year so far and it is giving me some confidence that uh, my body is conditioned to run 26.2. So that's my tempo. I do Monday, Wednesday, Friday, a six, Tuesday and Thursday, a 10. And the sixes have become a breeze. Uh, psychologically, they're very easy. Rhythmically, they're very easy. Conditioning wise, they're very easy. I always finish and feel like, oh, I could do more, but I hold back so I can put that energy into the next day. And so that I don't overtrain. Now, the tens are really challenging because near the end of the 10 miler, my body's out of glucose, it's out of glycogen, and it's transitioning to burning fat. And that transition can be very interesting because fat burns as an efficient fuel. So, but to be out of glycogen, you get a little foggy. It's hard for me to get back into my work. I get a little clumsy. 
it, those days are hard days. So it's a light day, a hard day, a light day, a hard day, a light day, then an off day for Sundays, which are always usually long. So I try to do that long one on Sunday. So the Rhinebeck half uh, was a tremendous, tremendous success. I ran 10 minute miles. I ran steady. Uh, it was a super, 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 super hilly course. And it was beautiful because the fall was starting to kick in in upstate New York. And I could feel my body becoming a part of the change. I had run my best uh, run of the season. And I set my PR for my 40s for my fastest half marathon. I've never run a faster half marathon in my 40s. And adding on the two miles was an extreme challenge after racing at a good pace. And I experienced blisters and cramping in my toes. Now, this was very good. It's not a bad thing. It's to experience that means you're pushing the body to the edge so it gets calloused and it starts to adapt. And psychologically, you want to be able to be in a place where you can endure a little discomfort and a little bit of pain. You want to embrace the pain and transcend it. So if you're callousing your mind for difficult times, that can happen in the actual race day. We all know this can ha actually happen in life at any unpredictable moment. Something haywire can happen. So training uh, after the race and adding on two miles, having blisters on my feet, cramping on my toes. I consider that a huge, huge success because I was proud of logging a 15.2 mile run in one straight shot. Let's hop to October 9th through the 16th. You can see my tempo is beautiful again. Monday 6, Tuesday 10, Wednesday 6, Thursday 10, Friday, very ambitious, 8. And I didn't want to go long in one shot because I was having a lot of discomfort in my thighs and my ankles. I had um, the blisters. My shoes, I realized, were not correct. So I started exploring the idea of getting a new shoe. So I split up my long run into two days. And I didn't have a day off this week which I've been trying to do since I overtrained on the fourth week. So I trained Saturday and Sunday. So I went seven days in a row, which actually became 15 days in a row. So it went to the next week. So to review, week eight is six on Monday, Tuesday, 10, six on Wednesday, Thursday, 10, Friday, eight, Saturday, six. And because I wanted to make 50, Sunday, four miles. So all together for that week, I totaled 50.1, which kept the momentum. The week before, week seven was 53.3, which is my highest so far, I believe. Yeah. So I kept the 50 momentum. And then let's look at week nine, which is climbing the mountain here because my base will be really built by the end of this week, I go Monday with a six, Tuesday with a 10, Wednesday with a six. And here's the big whammy mother load. Thursday, I did 14.2. And this was a hard run. I would have gone longer, but I ran out of daylight and I thought it was going to be dangerous to run on the country roads in the dark. 
Uh, so 14.2, really proud of that. The next day, I just went to the treadmill, did 4.0, took Saturday off, and then came back on Sunday with a nice 10-miler. So I totaled 50.3 for the week of October 16th through the 22nd. So there's a lot of momentum here because this was my fourth week in a row of 50-mile weeks, and I knew I had adapted to the training and i know knew that looking ahead the week i'm in now week 10 was my last 50 mile week so it's like making a mark and knowing you've peaked in the volume and that the hard work has been done and the base is steady and it's something i'm confident that on race day i can have a great experience I can meet the challenge and I can finish the race gracefully. And what I've set out to do with this process, if you remember those of you that are following the journey, is I wanted to heal my metabolic health. I came off of 21 days of medicine on August 21st. And the very next day, I said, let me start training for a marathon to fix my body, to fix my metabolism, to fix my gut health and to trim away the senescent cells in my body. And this is also because years ago, I took a serious drug called pentostam. So sodium stiboglucanate is the other name for it. And that was for a disease called leishmaniasis. So that nuked my liver and my mitochondrial density. And all of that stuff, I'm confident, has healed. I've fixed it. And in my body, I feel really thin. I feel really lean. Every day I wake up with a flat stomach. So my body has totally transformed from all of these 50-mile weeks. And we call this tapas, T-A-P-A-S, which is a word for heat or the transformative heat that we make when we practice. And this is a tapasic practice, just like when you take my vinyasa yoga class, it is a tapasic heat building practice. So it's been brilliant to feel my body adapt. It's been brilliant to connect to the idea that the hardest part of the training is behind me going forward. It's not going to be easy. Like psychologically this week, I still have to log 50, but because I've had four 50 mile weeks, I'm confident I can do it. And the the hardest challenge of the week happens to be the day that you do a long run. So one of these days this week has to be a super long run, which means above 13, 14 or 15 miles would be categorized as a appropriate long run. So knowing that the week after this week will be less mileage and just that long run and the week after will be even less the the race the day before the week before the race will be less mileage but still one long run it's exhilarating to know that i am in the home stretch of a very very challenging process usually i like more time to prepare for a marathon but this one is with a, a specific goal of fixing metabolic dysfunction and, and eradicating impurities from my body I want to talk about the beauty of this process, guys. I am watching the leaves change and turn every day, and I'm feeling the temperature cool every single day. 
The days are sometimes starting out in the high 30s, like 38 degrees, and finishing in the mid 50s. So I don't have to like worry about hydrating like a fanatic when I'm running in the heat. And the cool air is kind of pleasant to run in. You don't uh, overheat at the head and the feet. Uh, it's just brilliant to feel the fall coming on day by day as you're on the road and you're not in a car, a metal box driving by. You're actually a part of the change and your body is changing as everything around you and outside of you is changing. You're experiencing internal transformation. So it's been very beautiful. I have three loops. Once around my block is 1.4 miles. Then I have on top of that, a loop that's a six mile loop. And one higher than that is a 10 mile loop. So I can combine these loops. Like if I wanted to run 13, I can, uh, sorry, there's a fourth loop, which is through my town, which is 3.4. So if I wanted to run 13, I'd do the 10 mile loop and combine it with that fourth loop, which is 3.4. So, and if I finish my 10 miler and I run three loops around my block, that's going to be about 14.2 miles. So there is a consistency in my route and the consistency in the finish of my, most of my runs is this, the last three, three mile stretch of road finishes on a big hill where I climb the top of the hill and I have this poetic and beautiful view of all of the Catskill Mountains. And it's this reward to come near the end of your run and see this spectacular, spectacular view every time. It's something, um, it's the top of the mountain type of feeling. Like it's a special perch on the universe from which to peer out upon. And it's one of these moments where you feel like, the universe is actually winking at me. This exists, but if no one was here to observe and enjoy the beauty and poetry of the moment, it would go unnoticed. But I get to experience it, not in a car. I get to chug up the hill on my own steam, putting one foot in front of the other so I can have the universe giggle and wink right at me and go, you're alive. You're lucky. Life is beautiful, no matter what is going on out there in the broader context of the world that's causing stress. Look at the beauty I have created for you to enjoy and be a part of. So it's very sacred. Uh, there's another day, I think it was October 2nd, Monday, October 2nd, where I called it Baby Snake Day, Baby Snake Crossing the Road Day. Because I never knew when snakes are born, what time of the year they crack out of their eggs. But on this day, the weirdest thing happened. I counted about 25 to 30 snakes dead on the side of the road. And most of them were 20 out of the 25 were baby snakes or medium-sized snakes. And there was one giant adult snake uh, near the end of the run which was weird. It was sad, sad to see all these dead snakes, but it's a thought I wouldn't have 
if I were driving, I wouldn't notice it if I were driving. Running, it made me go, oh, what, when do snakes mate? When do snakes lay their eggs? Oh, snakes are being hatched. And then how do they make it through the winter? It makes you look into the process of things turning and changing and things coming to life. And it's a thought that I wouldn't have had I not been running the road. So I really enjoyed baby snake road crossing day and seeing, ah, snakes are born in the fall, or at least wondering that snakes are born in the fall or guessing that snakes are born in the fall. So there's a lot of beauty as a runner uh, that you wouldn't, it's kind of like motorcycling as opposed to riding in a car, like you're exposed to the elements, you're part of everything around you. You're taking it all in breath by breath. There's a rhythm and a tempo to running. And there's something special about the psychology of enduring, enduring the distance. If you've set out to do a 10 miler to know that, Hey, your body may not warm up on that day and feel calm and steady till the third or fourth mile in, then you hit your stride, then you hit your rhythm, and then you start to pick up the pace. You never know how a run is going to go from the beginning. Sometimes from the get-go, there's a great feeling. And sometimes the great feeling doesn't come on till the end or till the middle or second half of the run. So, it's been a lot of beauty. It's been a lot of physical adaptation. And my mind is connected to the person I was when I was 24 or 25 years old. It's important for me to be congruent with my word. Like these 50 mile weeks have been something I set out to do. And by knocking down so many of them, the first two weeks of my training were a build up to 50. Then I hit 50 on the third week. And then the fourth week, I got knocked off the horse by overtraining and doing too many things in my life while trying to train. So I got knocked off the rhythm. And then I got back on and maintained my tempo. And that's something that I'm really proud of. To be congruent with my word is uh, like when a hip hop artist says, My word is my bond. My word is my bond. That is a mechanistic gear in my personality. And it's important for me to be congruent. So this is my hard thing of the year. Each year, if we do one hard thing, or we have one major goal that's challenging, it keeps all the other days of the year honest, because we have to sort of concentrate on the big thing. Like with running, I have to think about, am I eating properly? Am I eating often enough? Am I resting and recovering enough? Am I draining my mental energy by watching too much video and too much movies? How can I rein that in? Where is my attention and my psychological, the psychological placement of my mental energy? Right. So I am sort of filling in all of the blanks that need to be taken care of in order to do this one big thing. And this is definitely the hardest thing of the year. And it's fixing a lot of dysfunction. It's creating a lot of order and it's trimming away a lot of unessentials 
and I really love the focus. One thing I want to bring back in after this race is to reconnect to asanas as my primary practice. Asanas are now a supplemental practice. And as I trim down my mileage, I'm starting to integrate more asanas. And there's a hungry hunger building to practice vinyasa yoga. So I'm really excited to see how I can evolve my yoga practice at age 48. I will be 49 in March, you know, and I'm climbing closer to 50. What is possible is very exciting for me, having conditioned my body and built my fitness with the marathon. Uh, lastly, I want to say that I am ready to put this psychological strength I've gained from the marathon process that I'm in. I'm not finished yet, but my mind is very strong. I want to put this into new challenges. Like I'm beginning to think about opening a shala. Where do I want that shala to be? What type of teacher training do I want to offer at that shala? All of the grit and work that it's going to take to do something like that is what I am using uh, this mental strength for, for new challenges. So because the mind is strong, we don't have to let that good energy dissipate. We can transmit it into our writing to become a, a strong scholar. We can transmit it to our relationships to become a strong partner. Strength is absolutely required and it's physical and it's mental. And something like the marathon builds inner strength. It builds resilience. It builds consistency. So I am really, really proud of where I am. I love myself for doing this. I appreciate who I have become over time. And I hope to use this good energy to become a better teacher uh, and to create more of a positive community around the teachings of yoga in upstate New York, in New York City, and to the greater world as I am called in, in time to do so. So that is all of the uh, weeks seven, eight, and nine journey and the longer arc of nine weeks behind me. I'm in the home stretch, guys. So I thank you for being on this path with me for understanding that you have to eat an elephant a bit at a time, that there are sometimes two steps forward, sometimes one step back, and then two steps forward again, that you can build self-reliance with practices like yoga, like marathoning, like weight training, like applied nutrition, like sleeping well, taking care of yourself, challenging yourself has great reward and great benefit. So I want to remind you that this podcast is sponsored by my Patreon. It's sponsored by Acorn Biolabs, which, which preserves and freezes your stem cells and banks them. It's sponsored by Viome Labs, which tests your biological material and gives you nutritional recommendations to heal your gut health and fix all sorts of metabolic dysfunction. It's sponsored by the Whoop Strap, which is my fitness tracker, which gives you specific biomarkers that can help you get healthier and recover with efficiency. So please look at the show notes to check out all of those links. And again, the Patreon is number one. When you become a contributor to the Patreon, you get access to my 
yogic conditioning classes, which are taught on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 7 a.m. to 7.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time live on Zoom. So I look forward to training with more of you uh, in community through the ether, through the ether, through the internet. We connect and become one giant lung on the planet, breathing together in the same time, but in different geographic locations. So it's very, very, very beautiful, and it's a positive way to start today. And that's it. I wish you an amazing, spectacular rest of your day. Remember to take good care of yourself, everybody. Namaste.